I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts. We're still here with Sarah Wilson. So can I just say, this is... um. Tom just said, Tom just said <laughs> that he was listening to you so much that he forgot he was in the podcast. <laughs> I just felt like I was listening You're in to charge. a podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so interesting. It's um, so interesting. Um, I, I, you know, you, you, we spoke about part one and I just remembered that we hadn't picked it up. Why do you have a problem with the guys from Minimalist? Oh, look, I'm sure they're really charming guys. It, it part, Partly because it's that whole throw things out rather yeah. than just don't consume in the first place. So it, it's a bit of an aesthetic you know, mm-hmm. like the Scandi mm-hmm. vibe. And the second thing is, I mean, I think the opening scene, they're careering down a freeway, right, with two takeaway coffee cups on the dashboard. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, was there not somebody there keeping an eye? I mean, it just yeah, shows yeah. how blind they are to yeah. the fundamentals. So yeah. you think it's just there to make profit? It's just there to go like, oh, this would be a fun story to tell. So let's use this kind of... There was a movement, uh, yeah, around about 10 years ago, it became really popular and a whole heap of dudes, right, um, started doing, you know, dude podcasts. You know the bros? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, bros. Yeah, 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 and yeah. so, you know, adding a trademark symbol on everything and and then start, you know, and it was sort of the stoic movement. It also was linked in with paleo. You know all the paleo dudes? Mm-hmm. It's sort of that whole thing. And, of course, Maria Kondo as well. It just became a real fashionable aesthetic yeah. thing. Back then, of course, oh, shock, in horror, got taken up by capitalism because Maria mm. Kondo has got a massive website where you can buy a heap of shit you don't need. Mm. Mm. Like, oh my God, you know, $60 spatulas. It's, it's so I have a healthy cynicism is how yeah, I, also, I minimalism <laughs> also, it does feel a bit more like a kind of interior design style, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Rather than that's a, it. And there, and there are like big high street shops that sell clothes that are like minimalist clothes, like Scandi yeah. minimalist clothes. Yeah, they good. don't really cover off the responsibility element, yeah. nor the psychology behind sacrifice. Yeah. Which sacrifice is, is so important, by the way. So important. Oh my God. It, it's so important. It just, it just, sorry to cut you. In like, I realized that, that actually you, you have to go through life sacrificing things. Yeah. And it's so important to do that. Otherwise you don't really, don't achieve anything. So did you find through your 20, through your 20s, you say you had that big breakthrough in your early 30s, but through your 20s, were you classic kind of consuming? Oh, and, no. Or so you- I grew up on a subsistence living property, So, which sounds really fashionable. Um, it was really just called, it was just desperation. So yeah. we lived on a, a patch of dirt in the middle of nowhere and we had goats for milk and meat. It was the middle of the drought. Wow. And so, and dad built the house from all these recycled stuff and even rebuilt a car that we had the same car he had when he was 17, right up until I was 17 and left home. Um, and I left home because they had my youngest brother and we had lived in a three-bedroom house and yeah. there was eight of us, so somebody had oh to go. My God. Um, sounds really horrible, but I learned so much from it. So I grew up that way and all of my brothers and my sister and I, we all live this way still. Like mm-hmm. it's because we're lazy. Like it's it's I would say easier. That's not la- no, I would say it's, that's not lazy. Well, we just go. Oh my god! Can you imagine having to go to the shops? Like we actually talk <laughs> about it. Just it t- to us, 
My brother has a phrase, it gives him a headache. Anything that <laughs> gives him a headache, we just like go, we, we get it. And it's, it, it's, it's just a stupid way to live. Yeah. Like, so yeah. we're all into outdoor stuff. So yeah. we do our holidays together. We've done it since we were kids. We yeah. just, do, you know, so I'm going down to Devon to go. He's worked out a ride that goes through all these parklands and we're just going to go mountain biking for three days. That's how we connect. It's amazing. Do you think, though, that I feel like with you, Sarah, just there is, you you, you, you say that you that you call that laziness. I totally don't think that there was a great T-shirt that I used to love from the, this company called No Fear. If you remember No Fear, it was like a yeah. branded... Uh, and anyway, was it sort of like a skate brand? Yeah, it was like a skate wear. brand. Yeah, yeah. And one of the if you says if you're not living on the edge, you're not living at all. And yes. and for me, I feel like you're you 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 live this amazing life where it's sort of chaos or or not. It's 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 sort of controlled chaos in lots of different ways. Was well, passing through the chaos calmly? Yes, that's exactly mm. what it is. And you know the fact that you you know you eight years on the road with one backpack just traveling around. You must experience such highs and lows yes. the whole entire time. Do yeah, you, it's not all sunny. No, it's not. So do yeah. you like my question is is do you love that element of risk? The fact that you live in this sort of place where it's never in the middle. You you are here or here the whole time. Is that mm. what you love? Well, it's funny that you should mention the word the edge, because I've just written my latest this is I'm just gonna plug my no, newsletter. Mm. This is plug as much this is I we I wanna hear everything. So plug okay. is everything. I, well, honestly. Yeah, it's it's my Substack newsletter. It's SarahWilson.com substack.com but that's where I write about you know these things and I also write about my travels meeting different people on my journey you know um and I just wrote about the edge so Pima Chodron the incredible American Buddhist nun she's written the best books ever if anyone out there is having a hard time read the book when things fall apart I think mm. I've bought it for about seven friends yeah. you've heard of I've it, heard of it yeah. it's it's stunning but she talks about the edge and she says the edge is where we need to be. And I have a chapter in this one wild and precious life called yeah. Go to Your Edge. And it's, you know, my feeling is, is that most of the world and our culture makes us stick around the trunk of the tree, right? Like it's sturdy, everybody's hanging out there, but it's claustrophobic and it's dark and you can't really see what's going on. You can only see what's happening in the immediate, you know, surrounds. Yeah. Um, but there's some of us who work out that if you walk out to the farthest limbs, that's where life happens. It's where you can smell things, the breeze comes through, and it's precarious, like the, the, mm. the, it gets the wind and you've got to fend. And I love that word fend. You've got to fend by flexing and being agile and moving and attending to things as they come up and mm. being fully vibrantly alive. And look, there's so many quotes. I quote Hunter S. Thompson, um, who basically says, you know, not much is said about the edge because those who go to it go over and can't yeah. come back and tell you yeah. about it. Mm. You know, and he doesn't mean we die. It's just that we've moved on to other things, you know. We've moved on. We don't necessarily want to go back and tell people hanging around the trunk, you know, mm. how good it is out there. That said, I think most people who do go to the edge in some way or another, writers, creatives, yeah. Brave people like yourselves who ask the tough questions, like we want to share it because we're like, hey guys, this is way better. And do you think the edge is is this may be like too simple, but do you think it's like um, realizing that you don't need anything really? Like like you were saying that pe people we get, can be naked. It's naked, right? People get stressed about earning more money so they can buy more things, but actually, you're saying is that you don't need anything. So to do the so, fun so stuff. So you worrying about having a better job so you can earn more money you're going to buy things and then you're going to realize you didn't want them anyway. 
Is that is that kind of definitely realizing that, that you can yeah. opt out of all of that? You don't need any of that. Well, yes, the, all of that stuff keeps you at the trunk. Yeah, and it distracts you from yeah. living life in a vibrant. And if you yeah. think of the edge, the edge is like sharp. You know, in that vibrant, sharp, online, vi- in a live way. And I just think that most people, and I use this word in my book, acedia, it's a Greek word that basically means a slothful listlessness, which is really hard to say when you've got a lisp like I do. But, um, yeah, it's a great word. It's about basically where you just go, meh. I love that. There's, there's a really, I was just Googling this. There's an amazing quote by Oscar Wilde who says, um, if you know what you want to be, then you never inevitably become it. That is your punishment. But if you never know, then you can be anything. And it's actually so interesting going to the edges that when we try and pursue these dreams a lot of the time and try and become a lawyer, whatever it is, that's your punishment because then you're kind of stuck where this trunk is. You never really push yourself out to the boundaries. And I feel like with you, Sarah, mm, that's a good one. Yeah, you're one of these people who have never really, you've gone from job to do different things because you, ne- you never really label yourself as anything. You want to be this nomadic person that can just go anywhere. Yeah, it's not even that it's a choice. Like, I think I'm, you know, I think I'm, I'm just driven to it. And I, I use the word lazy. It's more like I guess I, I, I've had to get very, in a raw way, self-preserving because theoretically, from a health point of view, I'm either meant to be dead or unable to leave the house, you know, mm-hmm. given the various health conditions I have. But so I've had to work out a way to to not be that, you know. And mm. so it really forced, it rendered me choiceless. I had to strip away all of that stuff. So I've been very lucky to that extent. And look, how many guests have you had on who've had these amazing like life-changing epiphanies, like where they actually do do the thing that they wrote their book about because there's mm. a lot of people who don't. Mm. Um, and it's because they had an illness or a yeah. major, major wake-up call where they went, I actually can't physically live like I used to. Yeah. So we've got to get on to sugar. Yes. So what was the reason behind quitting sugar and well, the whole movement that you created? Well, I always love to bring the full circle back to where we started conversations with. Again, I was rendered choiceless. Mm. So I had to go, I moved up into this army shed in the forest and I was like, what am I going to do? All right, I need to earn some money and I also need to pay for and engage in getting better. So I started up this column for one of the Sunday papers um, called This Week I dot, 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 and it was meditate with a Dalai Lama or mm. um, try the Pomodoro technique, all different things mm. that lead to a better life. And so one, it was like December and I was like, shit, so many people have told me I should quit sugar for my autoimmune disease and I know it's the missing link. So I went, right, this week I quit sugar. So that's where the title came from. And so um, it was, it was. I decided to do it January 1st. How hard is it to quit sugar? It's super hard. Like they say it's as addictive as cocaine and heroin. You is know, that true though? Well, look, I think for some people it probably would be and it uses the same neural pathways. Um, so I'll give you the the spiel because, like, it's not like it's my first time. Um, although <laughs> I'm a little rusty because it's been a while. Because I quit, I quit sugar, um, which is not to say the no- double negative means I now eat sugar. But yeah. um, so essentially, when we're talking sugar, we're talking the sugar molecule, like sucrose, everyday table sugar, is 50% glucose, 50% fructose. Glucose is great. It's in pretty much all our food. It's what give us, gives us the energy that we use for moving around. 
when and that's why when you see sports people and they're drinking various energy drinks it's predominantly glucose okay yeah you know that's the most effective form of energy yeah so fructose is the problematic element of it all and people go oh is that like fruit well no not really um but fruit does contain both well contains sucrose fructose and glucose and is that the addictive part the fructose is so fructose is pretty much the only molecule in our food isn't processed through our cells to form energy. Instead, it's processed through our liver like other toxins, alcohol, drugs, and so on. And so what happens then is we can handle a small amount. Our liver can process it. And what happens is a lot of um, the energy that's processed through the liver is then stored as visceral fat, which is the worst fat. It's the fat around here, you know, the muffin top or beer gut, Mm. and also around the jawline. Mm. Right, you know that sort of jowly kind mm. of drinker mm-hmm. look, and and women get it when they eat a lot of sugar. So you know you want to clean your line, quit sugar for a few weeks, and you'll see it come back. <laughs> wow, it re- it'll reemerge. I did not know that. Mm. So that's visceral fat, and visceral fat is the most dangerous fat because it hangs around our organs and is the hardest to lose. You know, hence the beer gut. Like men reach a certain age and you just can't get rid of it. So it's highly dangerous from that point of view. On top of that, fructose. And I'll get to why this is the case from an evolutionary point of view. But fructose also deranges our appetite hormones. So we have ghrelin um, and leptin. They're the two um, hormones that tell us when we're full and when we're hungry again. And you know when you're a kid, like you just naturally get hungry Mm. and then you eat and Mm. then you're like, oh, my God, I'm full, and you run off and do something. Mm. That's what we're meant to work like. That's how when the ghrelin and leptin's working really well. But when we've eaten sugar after a while, it actually deranges that mechanism. It blocks it. Um, there's a whole range of other things I could go into. So you don't into. realise that you're full. That's right. So, you know, you that's can That's what eat, I have a lot of the time. That's right. So you can sit there and eat a tub of ice cream. Mm. You try to eat that much yoghurt, you will not be able to do it. So you can eat a whole heap of your lollies. You call them lollies here, don't you? <laughs> uh, candy. Candy, yeah. Candy. candy. Um, you try sugar. to eat that much, <laughs> that many almonds, you just go, oh. It's the same with fruit juice. You wow. can have a fruit juice which will contain, let's say, four to well, let's say five apples, like an apple yeah. juice, but you try to eat five apples in one session. Mm, mm. So fruit juice is now classified the same as um, soft drink or, you know, Coke. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same amount of sugar. So yeah. a glass of um, apple juice and a glass of Coca-Cola contain the same amount of sugar. So it's around about nine teaspoons wow. of added mm. sugar. And just to jump ahead, the um, according to the WHO and every other authority, this was all – only very new science when I started 12 years ago, but now all the main health authorities have tagged on to all of this and it's now part of your main um, health guidelines here in the UK. Um, we can only handle, it's, uh, let me see, I'll three teaspoons of added sugar a day for children. Mm. And I'll give you some examples of what that looks like in a moment. Um, six for women, nine for men. And I guess it just depends on your, your body size. So a glass of, like a can of Coke, a standard can of Coke is about six to eight teaspoons of added sugar. So that's your entire, mm. you know, um, thing for the day. Um, I don't know, low-fat yogurt and yogurt or yogurt, um, low-fat dairy products, They when they take the fat out, they've got to put something back in they always put sugar. Mm. And so low-fat yogurt contains way more sugar than um, normal, so always eat full fat. But to get back to why is this the case and then also why is it so hard, which was the original question, um, when we were cavemen and women hanging around the savannas, right, 
it was really good to uh, have to come across sugar. So we'd come across it very rarely. It'd been a little bit of honey or some wild berries, bitter berries, not very much sugar. But when we did find it, we were designed after hundreds of thousands of years of evolution to gorge on it. Therefore, those who survived were the ones who had no off switch to fructose, Mm. right? So we developed an ability to have no off switch. And then um, also, yeah, to to not get full, to be obsessed by it, to have to gorge on it when we see it. Mm. And um, why would that be the case? Oh, it is the most effective form of putting of accumulating fat in your body than uh, than any other food on the planet. Mm. So it was perfect back then mm. when we were it would be survival. That was survival. That's, it. Yeah, That's yeah. it. So if we found a berry bush, we'd sit there all day and eat the whole lot until it was gone. Um, and so that's that was great back then. Mm. The thing is, in sort of really only ten thousand years, our biology hasn't shifted, but our lives have. And so we don't even have to kind of climb a tree to find sugar. It is force fed mm. to us and um, in huge quantities and our bodies can't handle it. Wow. So that, that is so And that's why it's addictive because yeah. we've got no off switch for it and we are programmed so to be obsessed by it. If you're not eating any sugar and like you say, it's in everything nowadays, mm. there must be uh, most things you're, you're yeah, not what eating. Do you, what, how, what do you, what oh, can you eat? Yeah. What? Well, that's the thing. And it's also on the flip side, it's also the really positive thing. Basically, I say to people, it's not that radical to quit sugar. It's essentially you just stop eating processed food. So anything that comes in a packet essentially has added sugar. So what do I eat? Everything that doesn't come in a packet. Right. So you, you can eat you, you can eat fruit and things like that because it has natural sugar. You just can't have any processed sugar. No. So I'll just distinguish that. So really our bodies don't care if the sugar came from an apple or apple juice or if it came from monks squeezing sugar cane between their knees on some Himalayan Alp, or whether it comes from a factory. Mm. It is the same molecule when it goes into our mouth, right? Mm -hmm. Like everybody gets obsessed by, oh, but honey's natural or maple syrup. (laughs) I was like, our body doesn't fucking care. Petroleum (laughs) is natural. Arsenic's natural, right? Are we meant to eat it? Yeah. You know, it's it's the weirdest kind of answer, but it's what everybody says to me. So you're not alone, Jamie, in saying that. Oh, but it's because it all, all the packets say it, right? Well, that's just naivety from my side. Like, and from anyone's side, they just don't, it's, it's someone who, jumps on it and will try and have a discussion about it without knowing any information well, really. Well, the information you're given is given by these big food corporations that, you know, and that's where we get our, our information from when it comes to all of this kind of thing. So we've been brainwashed into sort of saying mm. these things. So, um, but yeah, it's it's really funny how people jump on that. So honey, for instance, is around about 40% fructose and yeah. maple syrup is about 35% fructose. So, yeah, great, right? Less fructose than table sugar. Except people don't put a teaspoon of maple syrup on their pancakes, do they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They put like a cup of the stuff. <laughs> and so people go, oh, it's natural. And yeah. even if you know the science and you go, well, it's only 35% fructose. And then you just like dump yeah. 15 <laughs> times the amount on it. So, that whole kind of thinking, agave, like I think that was really popular yeah, here for yeah, a while. Yeah. Still like, is, I think, quite popular. Is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah so. just we don't have it in Australia anymore. It's 70 to 90% fructose. Yeah. And it's highly toxic and the ethics of its production and everything are highly problematic. So, um, yeah. It's, Australia has this amazing culture where you're quite ahead of its time in lots of different about ways. About three to five years is what um, experts say. Is that what yeah. it is? In terms of, how, you know, I, I heard lots of things. So, you, especially on diet, like Australia, is very far ahead. 
you know, they've banned um, sunbeds and things like that now in Australia. You can't go yeah. and tan because they're so conscious of the sort of bad side effects. Well, we don't sunbake. No, no, you don't. The, no. the, the beach in summer is just full of Brits. Wow. You know, <laughs> and Irish people yeah. with, who come back with, <laughs> with really bad tan shit. lines because they pass out. It's, it's so, it's, it's. What about alcohol? Do you drink alcohol? Yes. So, all right. So here's the good news. Um, so on the I Quit Sugar plan that I did, um, I included a glass of red wine last night, each night. So, um, you know, you can't get too restrictive with these things. So here's the spiel. Um, spirits contain no fructose. They're maltose, which breaks down into glucose. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of all right there. There is a caveat to this, so don't get too excited. Beer is also maltose and glucose. Um, wine is a combination, but um, white wine contains oh, – let's say dessert wine, obvious, contains heaps of fructose. Then you go up to champagne and white wine, high amounts of fructose. But with red wine, it is actually the fructose that fermented to become the alcohol. Mm -hmm. So there's very little. It burns off. mm, There's very, very little residual sugar in most red wines. And But the thing is, is that alcohol itself is processed through the liver in the same way as sugar. Mm. And so that's, it'll actually cause similar havoc in terms of the visceral fat and things like that. But one to two glasses max with a meal, the benefits of relaxing your digestive tract, I decided was more beneficial yeah. than cutting it out entirely. That's because because one would say high. one would say that if you're cutting out a sugar because you're you, you see the dangers of it, and the side effects of it, and all these different things, that one should then cut out alcohol as well. Because but if you're and and maybe maybe you're 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 pretty strict with yourself, but sticking to sort of two glasses a night or whatever. You know, there there may be other times when that drifts over the edge, but I would also say that alcohol. Would would you say that alcohol has more dangers than sugar? Um, yeah, I think because of the cultural, um, the culture around alcohol. Yeah. Totally. So if you go to Europe, there's not dangers with alcohol. Mm. There isn't. No, there's nothing. I know. And, but have a look at their diet as well. Like I've just spent heaps of time over, say, in Portugal. I was hiking around Portugal. You go to a supermarket. You don't have this kind of array of sugary shit at the counter, mm, you know, and, mm. and they just don't, they do desserts in small, you know, modest amounts. And it's the same in Greece and so on. So I actually think the link to over drinking is very much a link to sugar mm. because um, you get into that, wow, um, that cycle. cycle. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's a there's a law that's which has come and it's starting in six months in the UK from uh, from HSFS, which is basically saying anything with a certain level of sugar in it, high fructose, yeah, and I think corn and, syrup, yeah, that they you're you're not allowed to put in, it's not allowed to be at the front of store, it's not allowed to be put at certain eye levels. And it's all a these little bit of things. a distraction because high fructose corn syrup is originated in the US. 
because basically at some time in history, I can't remember exactly when, they decided, you know, because of all the slave trade started to back off and everything, sugar became more expensive. There's a link to the UK, you know, like you know how they started drinking coffee and stopped drinking tea to piss off the the Brits? Mm -hmm. Well, they did the same thing with with sugar. So they went, well, we need to produce our own version of sugar rather than importing it through the British Empire. And so they came up with corn and created high-fructose corn syrup as a substitute. And really it's the same amount of fructose. It's about 50 to 55. And that's what Americans use a lot. But that became a big stigma thing about three years ago. And it's interesting that it's hit here, but it's a distraction. So no doubt the sugar companies here or, you know, confectionery companies, sorry, um, <laughs> you know, breakfast cereals and so on, they're going, let's- It's breakfast cereal bars, it's every crisps, yeah, everything. Yeah. Let's target, a, you know, high fructose corn syrup. And it's like, why? It's the same yeah. as sugar. But it obviously makes them look good. What are That is interesting. I did not know that. Mm. What are the main that you've experienced? I could be wrong because I don't know enough of the details, mm. but I've seen the debate in the US. Mm. And we never got it in Australia because we produce our own sugar. So it was never something that we produced. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What, what, uh, in your experience from quitting sugar, what are, what are the main benefits you've in your own life you've experienced? Yeah, well, you just stop being addicted and you eat three meals a day. So the best way I can there's explain There's no snacking, it, there's no snacking. That's it. You just don't need to snack. So I would say, and also- Energy uh, levels, do can they, I, they I'll, go I'll up? jump ahead to the, the headlines. Yeah. Like I reversed my infertility. It turns out I was highly fertile. Wow. And so I reversed the premature menopause and I ended up falling pregnant countless times at 42. After I'd been serious? told. That is wow. insane. Between 42 and 46, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was like, this is get. I mean, this your podcast works with all of this kind of thing. All of it. We can go into mm. anything, honestly. So I was told I couldn't have kids. Then I had this drop kick boyfriend um, and I got pregnant to him. I was like, oh, God. What? You know, and so it was great. But then I got mercury poisoning and the <gasps> poor little thing died. And so then I went, right, well, I can obviously bear, you know, I'm fertile. So <laughs> long story short. I went to Crete because in Australia I was, if you're over 42 and you're a single woman, you can't get any kind of IVF or any kind of fertility treatment. You can't even buy sperm. So I went to Crete and I bought some sperm on the internet from a Danish, a 21-year-old Danish poet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you choose that? Was that the category that you went to? Scandy kind of minimalist. There there was literally a website full of these categories. And I just went, oh, well, I figured, you know. Poet, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Danish, lovely. I don't know how much of a poet you can be at 21. But (laughs) anyway, um, he he was studying poetry. Yeah. Um, And so um, I got the sperm (laughs) and then these Crete, these Cretan doctors um, inserted it up me, right? So I didn't have IVF or anything. I just did like turkey-based up. Old old school. Yeah. But like, I mean, honestly, this is the extent I had to go to. Some people said to me, why don't you just get a a route, you know? And I'm like, I would if I could. Um, People like have this fantasy that there's just going to be men in the street falling over. (laughs) I know, ready to do it. ready. And it's like, I can tell you now, I can tell you now, anyone out there listening, it doesn't work that way, at least not in Australia. So I had to go to Crete, Danish sperm, and there was a 0.1% chance that I would fall pregnant based on the statistics of my Mm. age and and the whole turkey-based thing versus IVF. And I just went, let's just do it anyway. Anyway, I, I got pregnant. Right, such is my level of fertility, um, wow. and so I got pregnant straight away. 
And it was a very robust pregnancy. And oh God, I had I got, went on a date with a guy in Slovenia, a 22 year old waiter who, and I went on a boat and, <laughs> and we had this sort of boat accident. And I thought, oh God. And then it was in Slovakia and the, none of the doctors there would see me because I was a single woman. It's a very Catholic country. So my Cretan doctor rang me and went, our darling Sarah, where are you? And do you have an obstetrician? And I went, no, I don't. And I actually have a bit of a problem. I don't know if I've, you know, I've had a miscarriage. So I went back, baby was fine. They wouldn't let me fly home until 13 weeks. And so I got to 13 weeks and had a ultrasound and she'd tied herself in a knot. So I lost that one. But the point being sugar, I quit sugar and I basically got all of these health markers back. Yeah. So, um, so you, you have all of these, um, you know, the, you, you said at the very beginning. I hope nobody said, nines hearing that level of detail. N- no. But people don't talk about this stuff. No. Oh, my God. But no, I, I have a, just to say, I have a very close friend of mine who actually listens to the podcast. She won't, I won't name her, but she won't mind me saying it. She had a miscarriage and she, and, and she explained so many different things, which I had no clue about. Mm. Hers was quite late where she had to give birth. Yeah, it's and, and it's so dramatic. And and something one in four, one in three women have miscarriages. Yeah, it, it, it's it's no, it's incre- one in three pregnancies are miscarried. One in three, yeah. That's so it. just about every you know, like, and look, a lot of women have multiple. But yeah. I, I, I suppose it, more different is you is that you said at the beginning that you have that you had this you've had all the flavors mm. and you describe it in such a sort of uh, wonderful way. You, you've had a lot of tragedies in, in in your life, and that's quite a hard thing to go down. And to be so upbeat and positive, and remain that way, and be sort of, you know, excited about life, but also warning people—that's a—it's a pretty remarkable attitude to have. Thank you for saying that and acknowledging it. Um, I don't see it that way because I very much do just. Well, it's it's a bit 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 like not having choice, you know. Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Am I going to mope? Like, so with the for instance in Crete. <laughs> then I had to get a DNC, right? And and in Greece, I just got to go, had to go and pay, pay cash for an anesthetologist. And anyway, oh it was that was a very funny story. And anyway, I wake up in the maternity <laughs> ward with two women breastfeeding their newborn babies, like after having my baby removed from me. You oh. know, like I mean, it was very comical. So I got up and left, and I, I walked home, and it was forty degrees, and they said you've got to rest for several days, general anaesthetic, the whole thing. Yeah. And I just went, no, nah, I I've got to hike, and that's how I fix everything. And so to answer your question, I've always just hiked mm. and I get out there and I almost replicate the hardship through physicality. So Movement, I went, movement, movement. That's it. And so I went up into the White Mountains and um, and it was really hot and I just hiked and hiked and I wailed. So every sort of few hundred metres I'd just wail into a rock and and then I'd hike a bit further and, and it was, yeah, it, it, it's sort of how I process things. I prefer just to do it. You know, mm. like, mm. and do it hard and do it real. And then I ran into these Greeks that were smoking a joint halfway up and <laughs> I had a, had a smoke with them. And, and, you know, like that, that life, keep the, ca- keep the camera rolling is what I say. Yeah, just keep Keep the keep camera moving. rolling because you don't know. And, again, my wow. meditation teacher says to me, Sarah, let us see what happens. He says, as in, let us, you, me and the universe collectively see what happens next. Wow. And that's. That I think is a really great way to live life because if you keep the flow going yeah. and you trust, then the adventure, whether it has the tragedies or the joys, is is enriching. It's amazing. It, it, but but I would expect nothing less from the person that you you just you, 
if you said that you're going to go and write a book or you're going to you're going to go on a bike ride, I would imagine that your bike ride would turn into an adventure. It, it would something oh, would have happen. Disasters. It would have disasters. You seem like an incredibly uh, <laughs> kind of open-minded. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's liberal. Like, it's being I liberal. Wa- and I wasn't born this way. I was born very cautious. I always had to get into trouble as in try different things and push boundaries. But I think it really is just as I've got older, I've learned that nothing is as bad as I think it was going to be. Yeah. There's a, there's a great quote which um, someone told me, which I, I, I'm going to murder it, but it, it basically says, and I'm not even religious really, but uh, they say God God will uh, God will give disasters to people. They God will give disasters to people he or she knows can yeah. handle it. Yeah, well, I think there's also a version of it that might be, you know, um, there's also a version of that which you only get ever get delivered what you can handle, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I do trust life. I mean, do you guys, do you believe, like my God is, is, is I call it life. I think mm. the flow of life is yeah. so big and, and full of love and it's we'll never understand it, and so I pay homage to it. Um, that's my I'm vision similar of in God. That. I'm, you know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm not so much religious in terms of a God that you know, a, a Christian God or whatever it is, but I, I definitely believe in there is there is something beyond our wildest dreams that we can't possibly imagine that is there that is going on. There's for a sure. force. There's a force. For I, sure. I almost feel like if not believing in God makes it even more incredible. Do the 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 world and the fact that every, mm. every, if you believe in the kind of you know the how everything was created and science and everything it's almost makes it more incredible mm. so maybe your definition of god is is a certain beauty a yeah. logical beauty or something i don't know but yeah it's i don't know it's very i, I haven't really worked out where i stand on it I don't well know. the quantum <laughs> physicists have been able to actually merge with the spiritualists on this and their sort of definition of the life the original life also when you pair it all back down break down atoms right down to the original thing they say there's an energy that resides there and the only word they can use to describe it is love. Amazing. That's mm. the word that these quantum physicists use. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Sarah, listen. Well, I didn't answer any sugar questions. Did I answer enough sugar questions? You answered loads of sugar questions. I don't want, I don't want to put you off your entire oh, no. income no. stream. It's not a, no, <laughs> We're going to give you a load of free candy. No, what it, what it, you know, we can go into that very quickly. I have a confectionery company. The reason why I did it is because I, had a, I, I was never allowed sugar as a kid. So growing up, I wanted this world made of sweets. But we, in my confectionery company that we have, Candy Kittens, we have always driven towards creating the best candy ever. So we're completely vegan. We're yeah. carbon neutral. We are becoming a B Corp. We yeah. are, you know, as recycling as we possibly can be. So I, I, look, th- there's no denying the fact of the dangers of sugar and things like that. But what we also say is we're a treat and you're there to be treated. And so we're not hidden sugars or anything like that. And, and, and we, you know, we looked into making things sugar-free. Sugar-free is even worse for you. It makes you shit and all these different things. And so, Maltitol, definitely. Y- yeah. Stevia, though. Stevia, yeah. And we looked into that. And, and xylitol. Yeah, we looked work. into lots of different stuff like that. But what we are just trying to basically create as a company is um, creating the best suite for you. Well, that's a, me- that's a mentality that I very much live by. Like, if you're going to buy a piece of clothing, buy uber high quality let it be expensive if it needs to be, the appropriate price, and let it be ethical and as much as you can. And you can worry about this and that and whatever, but the main thing is buy something that will last you 20 years. Mm. And it's the same with food. People worry, oh, is it vegan this or is it this is a better way to go? And the best way to eat is to not 
waste a thing. Food mm. waste is the primary it's terrible. problem. It's worse. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So you can worry about this and that and whatever, but if you're throwing out a third of this great vegan food you're eating, that's way worse than eating meat maybe three nights a week Yeah. in terms of the ethical considerations and the environmental considerations and so on. So really that whole minimalist, you know, quote unquote phenomenon, it, it's like it really is about we have to buy things. We live in the world. And if you're going to do it, buy it like you mean it. Is it that? Eat like you mean it. <clears throat> Eat like you mean it. And if you're going to buy candy, buy really good stuff that you're not going to sort of secretly eat and feel yeah. guilty about and pay high prices if you have to. And then you'll respect it and you won't eat as much. That's exactly I, 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 It's a thing I heard about the other day. It's called like intentional living, isn't it? It's yeah. like an intention, every decision you make, even if it's just what am I going to have for dinner or what what glasses should I buy? It's Look, like really thinking, it's giving and a shit. thinking about it. It's giving a shit and giving yeah. a shit begets giving a shit and that becomes a world movement. Yeah. And that's what I think our throwaway culture, our disposable, you know, instantaneous capitalist culture has taken away from us is that level of care, yeah. you know, and we don't see it, we don't share it, we don't pass it on. And um, that's that's making us miserable. And if we live more intentionally, mm. then that's inspirational. And then the next person wants to live that way. And mm. and then we don't land in the trouble that we're in. That's amazing. Sarah, listen, we've taken up so much of your time. Um, uh, you know, you, you, you've just written a new book. We can go, where can we get all of your books from? Oh, I don't know, the internet. <laughs> the internet. I don't know, yeah. where do people buy books? Um, the, this One Wild and Precious Life, if there's a publisher listening out there, it just didn't get picked up because of COVID. Like, every, I don't know, everyone in Britain, I think, just went and Shut down. watched Netflix yeah, or something. Yeah, that's yeah. Legit, yeah. Like, seriously, it was it was a real COVID um, uh, casualty, unfortunately. But um, I do believe that the American version is imported in here. So I know you can buy it on Amazon and all the various mm. um, sites. But, yes, SarahWilson.com is where... All the information about me is that. Uh, honestly, I, I can't describe you. If I was someone going to ask me to describe you, I don't think I'd do it. I would have to say just a, just a hurricane of fascination. Honestly, oh, I, I, it is in such a great way. I just yeah. want to say a big thank you for coming on the podcast. I've uh, so enjoyed this chat. I could, oh. I, I could also sit here all day. I, know, I, could, I, I could sit here all day. Um, thank you so much. What we'd like to do at the end of the podcast, though, is leave our listeners with something inspirational. Oh, God. I know. That's so All right. Bad. Um. Give a shit at all turns. Don't doubt it. Don't think it's a waste of energy. Don't worry that it's the wrong direction. Just care because um, it, it is really a way to live. Like, and I think a lot of people hold back and I think putting on brakes in life is harder than just, just, just flowing. Love that. Sarah Wilson, thank you so much. Everybody, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Oh, oh, spicy. Wipe that brow. Turn that. I need please. to go and digest a lot of that. <sighs> but hopefully it won't be digested. Do you not sugar. feel like now you want to just go and fuck it and go and. I, I we do. Run away, should we run away together? I, I like the idea of it. I like the idea. Of, yeah, it would be tough, wouldn't it? Could you quit everything? No, just... I'd like to live near a Gales. <laughs> I'd like to. I mean, I'm happy to fuck it and go anywhere, but I'd like to be near a Gales. <laughs> you, you would fuck it and go, ah, screw this. I'm going to go and live in Shepherd's Bush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll go and live in, yeah, in between Hammersmith and Brook Green. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Sarah, thank you so much for being yeah. on the podcast. Um, what a great episode. We enjoyed that one, didn't we? So fun. So fun. Hey, listen. She's great. She's fab. Bonus episode next week. We got that. So we'll see you there for that. Anyway, enjoy your week. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your life. Don't eat sugar. Don't eat sugar. Do, unless, do eat sugar as candy kids, but don't eat bad sugar mm, like a Harry Potter. Yeah, even if it's candy kids. No, you can munch on that. Delicious. That's delicious. Enjoy your week. We'll see you later. Goodbye. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.